Hi guys, welcome to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Arvind. Arvind has experience working with large Fortune 50 banking and financial services firms. And he's here to discuss with me today the implementation of OKRs into those firms, and especially how automation is aiding the process. So welcome, Arvind. I'm delighted to have you with us for today's episode. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your current role. Uh, hi, all. My name is Arvind, and I have about 16 years of experience working in product and strategy role. In my experience, I've mostly been focusing and working with Fortune 100 organizations and uh, mostly within the financial services and insurance area. Uh, I do have a deep engineering or software engineering background, and I've grown into the product and strategy areas as a part of my career growth. Um, just to just for the larger audience, while I keep the big picture in mind, I do do a lot of strategies and uh, uh, architecture and everything else. I still write code. Perfect. Thanks, Arvind. So um, specifically, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your experience of working with OKRs and MBOs together? Um, I have been working with OKRs and MBOs from uh, 2017-2018, some of that time frame, specifically when I was, uh, essentially I got pulled into a role where I was responsible for delivering a tangible outcome out out of a software product implementation. Now, the the outcomes would be around customer experience improvement, Mm -hmm. operational excellence, or new revenue generation. These were a broader set of MBOs. And correspondingly, there were a set of OKRs against which we need to design and develop the product, um, design and develop the product that will help us attain those particular OKRs. Now, in my previous role, while I was working for Tata, I was leading transformation and strategy, where we used to commit outcomes to our customers as a part of our product sales. So it would mean that Tata would undertake a financial penalty if the outcome that we are promising out of the product was not delivered. So we designed and launched the products in that particular manner. So, and obviously it comes along with that, not only just the technology, but also the financial and commercial models around it, which will safeguard the interest of both the parties, both the both the um, Fortune 100 or Fortune 200 organization and obviously Tata. Now, when we had to go out there and chase and build something like this, the way we, we conceptualize the product features were, the product features were more prioritized based on the OKRs. Mm-hmm. And the OKRs were tying back to the financial outcomes that we intended to commit to our customer. And uh, so in, a, in order to be able to do this in a more repeated manner, in a more manageable manner, we created a custom framework that allows us to do it. And obviously, I, I cannot go in, in detail about how we designed that framework, but mm-hmm. the whole idea is it is very well possible. You can think about uh, MBOs and OKRs and product pitches all together in a single, single integrated manner <clears throat> in a way that you can articulate your value more clearly out of the product that you're building and obviously um, aligning that with an outcome which the CIOs or the CEO or the C-level executives or the board members are looking for. So, so that's that's how that's a very broad level of my experience working with OKRs and MBOs. Um, any other questions there, Nancy? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. That gives us a really good overview. So, in terms of your experience when OKRs were introduced, um, how was this change implemented, and did you kind of see a need for a cultural shift to take place? Yeah, in my recent experience, I'm currently working for a large financial services organization. The the MBOs and OKRs I know required a significant amount of cultural change. 
the executive and the middle management layer and obviously the the uh, the direct application or the technical technology managers required extensive training on okrs and mbos because we were the whole idea of implementing okr mbo was to make sure the compensation structure is tied back to what how well are they really able to accomplish their okrs and mbos correct mm-hmm. now this this created i mean obviously initially there was a lot of resistance around implementing something like this uh, but over the period of time i believe there is a cultural acceptance initially we obviously we didn't agree that this has to be tied back to the compensation basically not tied back to the executive bonuses but right now what we're looking at is we are looking at uh, by end of uh, middle of next fiscal year we will tie back the accomplishments based on the okrs and mbos to the bonuses to the compensation structure for uh, each and every technology executive so so that's so that upheaval is happening but honestly this entire process has taken us to do 3 years but considering the fact that <coughs> we are talking about a large fortune 100 organization mm. um the the time taken is is reasonable I, but i would suggest say for example if there is a smaller organization or mid size organization i don't see reason why it should take so long but candidly whole, the whole idea is also to about incentivize the executives to drive and demonstrate better results make sure that they are more focused towards the outcome that they want to achieve and uh, and obviously the organization benefits from whatever we are trying to do yeah i think that's really important what you mentioned about being more focused on the outcome um especially for individuals and teams i know when we chatted previously to this podcast recording abin you mentioned that you use an algorithm approach So how does this work and kind of what are the outputs? Yeah so the we we decided to build an algorithm for a lot of reasons obviously it 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 really didn't make sense as i said i come from an engineering background so i like to automate everything and anything that's possible right yeah. so in order to ensure we are meeting our groups mbos and okrs the way we we approached the problem was we we identified the underlying metrics which can be tracked from a defined system of record okay uh these metrics were then classified as leading and lagging metrics and now using this data we were able to create a recommendation system not nothing ai nothing fancy simple recommendation system which helped the executives and their teams with a simple view of where does the bottleneck exist and what should they do to achieve their mbos and okrs okay mm-hmm. in most cases this is this is very simple crux of the problem most executives most executive teams they know what the mbos and okrs are they struggle to identify what do they need to do what are the series of steps that they need to follow so that they can achieve their mbos and okrs right now <clears throat> i'll give an example right so we have an mbo of very high, uh, of high engineering score uh, in an every application in the portfolio i'm talking about from a technology perspective right let's be clear so while the engineering score is a very broad kpi Well, we identified the underlying metrics that impacts this KPI. Now, after carefully assessing how these metrics were impacting the broader KPIs, we created a recommendation system, mm-hmm. which automatically analyzed all these data points. This, and then the system then offered a series of steps which each executive should undertake to improve upon the overall KPI. <clears throat> Now, what we are doing is we are publishing this in a very automated manner. so there's no manual intervention in fact just the only point where there's a human involved is 
the the system sets up everything in an email nicely drafted email we just have to review and validate hey everything is good press send button mm-hmm. right that's only one 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 touch button now obviously what we do is we publish this in, in a very automated manner every week for the executives to review and validate if their teams have indeed acted upon the recommendations that we shared in last week okay now <clears throat> this is also equally important because we want to make sure that recommendations are actually being acted upon so we want we have a control loop in place so that we make sure that hey these recommendations were given have the recommendations have been acted upon and have they really delivered an outcome right Cohen is a purpose built solution for managing your OKRs helps your team achieve their objectives and key results helps them get aligned and it helps them stay engaged Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Coant, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favourite features about Coant? So the thing that I really love about Coant and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that which obviously brings really good collaboration you know they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place so I, 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 that would definitely be the thing for me which is the the killer feature of the system yeah, no, that's really useful. And I think it's it's a really kind of quite unique approach that we've heard kind of when we spoke to a lot of other guests on the podcast, not many people have kind of spoken about this automation of recommendations. So I think it's really inter- interesting to learn about. Um, I know you mentioned the impact on your teams there, but kind of, kind of removing that manual intervention, how has that impacted your teams? So the, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, right? The Now with the recommendation system and the algorithm that we spoke about in, in, in hand, the executive leaders and their uh, transformation teams or strategy teams, they have a marching order. They have a clear-cut defined set of things that they need to do to meet the MBOs and OKRs. Now, given the fact that now we are offering them a step-by-step instructions, we make it easy for them to follow and execute. Now, what has what has how it's that helped? It has helped us to achieve more than seventy percent uh, of our yearly target by in fact June, right? Um, so, so we are good now. We are at a particular point where we are revising our OKRs. Okay, are have we really set ourselves low? Should we look at a more aggressive OKR? And that goes back to the conversation that we had before, saying that hey, <clears throat> are they really executives really willing to? Uh, change the MBOs and OKRs, given the fact that we already achieved 60% of that yeah. in less than six months, right? Uh, but that's uh, but having said that, that's a conversation that we are continuing to have, and we'll see if we can meet or exceed our OKRs. That's the whole idea, right? Now, uh, within this particular point, what we what we need to make sure and what we are trying to drive is that the teams spend more time in fixing those issues, fixing those roadblocks so that they can work to attain their MBO and OKR rather than trying to figure out what do this, what is it that they need to do, right? Yeah. And that's where we are tilting the focus towards execution and not about thinking because the thinking process for most part of it is automated. Okay, yeah, interesting. Um, 
I wanted to dial in a little bit into the OKR framework. So on a point that the OKR framework encourages regular check-ins. And you mentioned that obviously your approach is more automated and it reduces those interaction points. So how does this kind of work and how does this maybe affect the workplace culture? Yeah, so the the recommendation and the reporting mechanism that I just laid out before, the executives and leaderships are now getting access to the trending uh, trending data of OKRs, including we are able to pinpoint the reasons why the trend is going up and going down, right? Say, for example, engineering score, the same example that what we had before. Why did the engineering score go down? And what happens is sometimes it takes uh, hours and hours of multiple um, data analysts and analytic consultants to review and validate this particular data. In an automated manner, we are able to project and explain this is why exactly the trend went down, right? And obviously, this is why the trend is going up. So you get to know, see the positive and the good side of things too, right? Now, <clears throat> while we do have the monthly cadence with the senior leadership, mm -hmm. the interaction points are now limited to areas where the trend has gone down or the teams are not doing enough to meet their respective goals, Right. Now, this is a point where we bring the empathy aspect in the loop and we work with those respective teams and uh, stakeholders and we evaluate the underlying reason why that's not happening. Yeah. And we look at creating a more of a remedy point or checkpoint to make sure that we are, are we able to circumvent this? Is this a people issue? Is it a process issue? Or probably, God for a second, it could be a technology issue as to why the MBS and OKS are not being met. So, so we we bring accumulate all of that data, <clears throat> put together an integrated strategic view. This is why probably we will be seeing out this particular um, meeting, this particular OKR by end of year. Yes, then you know we should be aware of it, and these are the roadblocks that probably we cannot solve for. Yeah, that makes sense. You almost defining, like you say, the issues and helping people to solve them. Um, and I know you mentioned when we chatted your experience, and obviously you mentioned it at the top of the podcast that you've worked with a number of financial institutions. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience of kind of agile working and OKRs across the bank banking industry? See, uh, very honestly, the agile is nothing new in banking and financial services. Um, I still remember my first project, my first agile project in 2013. And I know the industry has improved a lot by adopting agile practices. I've seen that our ability to push more code changes into the production, ability to be faster in terms of responding back to market changes. All of those mm -hmm. things are very, very fundamentally important. And uh, 2013, the reason why we implemented uh, Agile was 2012, 2013 was primarily because <laughs> I was working for a consulting firm on the large mortgage bank, which was still reeling through um, the mortgage crisis in yeah. 2008 to 2012 and 2014. So there, there were so many days where we've had situations where um, there'll be a regulator walking into the CEO's office and asking, hey, I need this particular data and I need this data today, right? We And so sometimes what happens is we will get something uh, to be developed by end of day <coughs> on, and the request will come in in the morning, six o'clock. Okay. Right. So, <coughs> yeah, so Agile has always been there, but uh, 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 leaving all of that aside, the OKRs and MBOs, my perspective is they are relatively newer from an adoption perspective in financial services. I've seen that most of the large Fortune 100 FSIs are adopting to significantly improve their ability to deliver. Right? 
<clears throat> I know JP Morgan Chase has been doing this. City has been doing this from 2017-2018. Bank America has been doing that too. Who quite a few other large banks. Obviously, the MBOs and OKRs uh, from a C-level perspective allows them to project their progress in terms of numbers. So there's an acceptance at a senior senior leadership level. It's more about trickling it down to the mid management level and having them to accept and drive around the OKRs, which had been a challenge. But I think um, this is um, over the last couple of years. There's a huge adoption there. Mm. I think it's always interesting to see how like kind of OKRs are adopted in different industries. It's really interesting to hear your feedback. Um, sure. Just finally, I just wanted to touch on what's next for your OKR process. What's the kind of thing yeah. you want to work on? See, I, I, I mean, as we're talking and engaging a lot of stakeholders, what I'm observing is that uh, defining OKRs is still a learning process for most. Yeah, um, I believe it is still it is mostly an art and not exactly a skill. Okay, it is mostly an art to define an OKR. Obviously, defining the outcomes and the associated metric also re- requires a very closer alignment to the execution. So what I mean is that there is a very delicate balance between what we want to accomplish versus what we can really accomplish. Yeah. And that's a point where the strategy teams and the transformation team have to have to work together with the delivery team to understand and empathize with their ability to execute. It could be resource issues. It could be process issues. It could be technology issues, right? <clears throat> so being able to uh, empathize with the issues the, the delivery teams are having, uh, it's very important for any of the organization to succeed and define a right OKR, which they can really meet. Because we want to sh- demonstrate progress, right? We don't have to really go back and tell people that, hey, we have accomplished a lot of things. It's fine if we can accomplish a lot of things, and it's perfectly fine if we could not meet the respective OKRs and NGOs. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> but the progress has to be made, and the progress has to be demonstrated. It, that's the whole spirit of OKRs and NGOs. Yeah, definitely. It goes back to that kind of stretch, doesn't it? If you're kind of meeting your OKRs very easily, then you've not stretched enough in the first place. Exactly. 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 No, that was really interesting, Arvin. I found that really interesting conversation. And like I say, quite a lot, quite different to how a lot of kind of other organisations are running OKRs, especially around the automated piece. So thank you for taking the time to join us today. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, great stuff. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to close out the episode by saying, as always, as our listeners, we love to hear your feedback. So feel free to leave us a review or a comment on your preferred podcast platform of choice. Or you can email us at growth at therebygiants.com with your feedback as well. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Giant Talk.